अखंडम सच्चिदानंदम अवांगमनसगोचरम आत्मानम अखिलाधारम आश्रये भीष्ट सिद्धय I take refuge in the self the indivisible the existence consciousness bliss absolute beyond the reach of words and thought and the substratum of all for the attainment of my cherished desire so in vedanta sara we are on text number 199 so remember what's going on here in order to attain enlightenment the way is um shavana manana nididhyasana um, that is uh, hearing and studying the texts systematically and then reasoning it out till one gets clarity about the meaning and then um and all doubts are dispelled and then finally you meditate on the conviction that has been attained to stay with it till it becomes a, a living realization till the contrary tendencies the technical term for that being viparita bhavana contrary tendencies in spite of knowing that i am brahman having a clarity about what brahman is and i know that i am brahman the entirety of the world appearance is in me all this i understand and i know and yet i cannot somehow put it into my day to day behavior nor do i get the benefits from it so for that you stay with that clarity that conviction um nididhyasana vedantic meditation and this vedantic meditation can be done in a yogic way as it is being taught here uh and it can also be done with eyes open with eyes closed and as eyes open eyes closed in the yogic way the entirety of the yoga shastra or at least the techniques of the yoga shastra the techniques of ashtanga yoga are being imported from the yoga sutras and that's what going to what is going to be presented today for what for for becoming absorbed in the knowledge that you have already gained in shravana and manana uh, so that it becomes one assimilates it one marinates in that knowledge it becomes natural sahaja natural state so um, for that we do nididhyasana before we go forward uh, anuradha would you like to say something okay maharaj before we go into today's class <clears throat> i want to clarify something some says that you have to have nirvikalpa samadhi before <clears throat> you can actually become like aham brahmasmi and some say that you really don't need that so i am doing the savikalpa but for nirvikalpa i'm having a lot of trouble so i want from you to know the answer to your question is don't worry from a practical perspective don't worry in a practical perspective stay with it stay with shravana in the classes think about what we are studying the manana and um in moments of quiet on a regular basis morning and evening sit with this conviction at aham brahmasmi this knowledge and that's all and from a theoretical a philosophical perspective uh, i have already explained in in one of the talks which i gave recently on i think a couple of sundays ago uh, about 
nididhyasana with eyes closed and with eyes open so this question which you are asking was put to swami bhuteshananda ji is nirvikalpa samadhi essential uh, for attaining brahma gyana and his answer was an unqualified no um, it can be done through the path of vichara inquiry which is primarily the path of advaita vedanta but um, this yogic absorption in nirvikalpa samadhi uh, in the knowledge that i am brahman is very very precious very very helpful very very powerful it has uh, become a part of a yoga vedanta synthesis for several hundred years it's a very subtle topic practically as i said does not make a difference practically what we should do is keep with shravana manana nididhyasana there's uh, no uh, big significance of those subtle discussions there's a philosophical dispute on this this question you are asking before we go into the actual practice of nididhyasana as per the yogic procedure for attaining meditation the yogic procedure patanjali yoga procedure which has been imported from patanjali yoga sutra you will see directly imported from there um before that one more issue what is the difference between um, deep sleep and nirvikalpa samadhi in nirvikalpa samadhi or no thoughts are there no perceptions are there no feelings are there there is no no um, in both you're not aware of the world you're not aware of the body you're not aware of the mind so is it not the same or it seems a bit similar deep sleep and nirvikalpa samadhi so he says no there is a big difference what is the difference we shall see in um text number 199 tataschasya susupteschcha abheda shanka na bhavati ubhayatra vrittyabhane vrittyabhane samanepi tat sadbhava sadbhava matrena anayor bheda upapattehe therefore there is no apprehension of its being identical with the state of deep sleep for though the mental state appears in neither yet the difference between them lies in this that it exists in nirvikalpa samadhi but in deep sleep it does not so tatascha uh, then asya susuptehe abheda shanka uh, na bhavati asya nirvikalpa samadhi this this nirvikalpa samadhi and susupti deep sleep and nirvikalpa samadhi abheda they are non different they are the same thing identical shanka na bhavati such a doubt should not arise there is no doubt we should not doubt in this way why what's the distinction between nirvikalpa samadhi and deep sleep he says um ubhayatra vrittyabhane samane api in both case the the experience of aham brahmasmi the vritti deep sleep there is no vritti at all you do not have experience of any particular vritti though there is some difference regarding this technically speaking in uh, yoga philosophy deep sleep is a kind of vritti abhava alambana vritti they say anyway um, and in uh, vedantic approach deep sleep is all the vrittis are merged in agyana or uh, ignorance in the causal body in the anandamaya but in both cases in samadhi and in deep sleep the vritti is not seen vritti means any movement of the mind 
uh, in nirvikalpa samadhi the vritti what would vritti would that be the last vritti before nirvikalpa samadhi aham brahmasmi i am brahman this is the realization that vritti also disappears disappears means if to take it literally as disappears not that the vritti stops existing it disappears means you do not have this cognition i am brahman there is a brahman which i am there is a distinction of knower known and knowledge we read, read that earlier if that persists then it still savikalpa samadhi that distinction also disappears brahman alone exists brahman alone shines that is nirvikalpa samadhi so this is the only difference in deep sleep no such vritti is there neither does it appear nor is such a vritti there i am brahman or any other vritti i am in deep sleep that vritti also does not appear if there is a vritti then you are not in deep sleep um or i am brahman that vritti is also not there no vritti is there and vritti does not appear also in nirvikalpa samadhi vritti is there what is the vritti the last one before you entered into nirvikalpa samadhi that i am aham brahmasmi that vritti is there it's not experienced as i am brahman this experience is going on such a thing will not be experienced so just brahman is swami vivekananda makes a difference that uh, distinguishes deep sleep and uh, samadhi is that um, a fool going into deep sleep will emerge a fool and uh, a fool going into uh, nirvikalpa samadhi or samadhi will emerge a sage will and emerge as an enlightened person so that difference is there tad sadbhava asadbhava matrena nayor bheda upapatte you can distinguish you can reasonably distinguish between these two nirvikalpa samadhi and deep sleep as the existence and non existence of the vritti let's take just one vritti aham brahmasmi in deep sleep of course no question of any vritti let alone aham brahmasmi and in samadhi there is the aham brahmasmi vritti but when it samadhi deepens into nirvikalpa samadhi from savikalpa to nirvikalpa samadhi that aham brahmasmi vritti is not experienced separately that i am realizing that i am brahman that will not be there um so ramana maharshi he makes these distinctions in number of places one place i liked where he was uh, making this distinction um he says in deep sleep the mind is merged in ignorance that's the classic vedantic paradigm savikalpa samadhi is like um there is an you realize your oneness with brahman but that is maintained with an effort that is uh, i am brahman that is realized nirvikalpa samadhi he says is like plunging a bucket into a deep well so the bucket is surrounded by water inside outside everywhere surrounded by water but there is a rope and it can be pulled back the bucket may emerge from the deep well so you may arise from nirvikalpa samadhi and then he says beyond that is sahaja samadhi which he recommends which is there is no more question of the bucket anymore there is no more question of a distinct mind anymore with mind merged in nirvikalpa samadhi with eyes open and experiencing the world it is the same brahman uh, inside outside so it's effortlessly established in the reality which is the reality actually right now also it is the reality there is only brahman this inside outside nirvikalpa samadhi savikalpa samadhi deep sleep all of these are 
or because of what? Mind. It is the mind which is awake, which dreams and goes into sleep. It is the mind which when cultivated goes into Savikalpa Samadhi, Nirvikalpa Samadhi. But Sahaja Samadhi is not the mind. It's an interesting thing to understand. Sahaja Samadhi is Brahman itself. In Mandukya Karika, the Atman, Aturiya itself is called Samadhi in one place. So Sahaja Samadhi is not a practice. It is the realization of uh, the reality itself. What, what was always there, is there, will continue to be there. That you have realized and you know it is there. Every shed of ignorance or separation is gone forever. That is Sahaja literally means natural state, which is something, something like um, Ramana Maharshi was generally in, in a natural state, with eyes open, eyes closed, the same state. It's, it's not a state. It is the reality itself, actually. The difference between a state and reality is states come and go. So Nirvikalpa Samadhi also, one thing you notice, those who have attained Nirvikalpa Samadhi, they went into it. And in many cases, they came out of it. So that which comes and goes is a state of the mind. It is not nothing. It is not the Atman itself. The Atman is the same. The Atman is the same when ignorance is there. The Atman is the same in um, in waking, in dreaming, in deep sleep, in Savikalpa Samadhi, in Nirvikalpa Samadhi. Atman is the same. That sameness of Atman in all states is Sahaja Samadhi. All right. Now, he will instruct us in doing Nididhyasana, in the yogic way, eyes closed meditation, the yogic meditation. This is the Ashtanga Yoga, yoga with eight limbs, 200, text number 200. Asyangani yama niyama asana pranayama Pratyahara dharana dhyana samadhyaha. The steps to the attainment of this are general discipline, particular discipline, posture, control of the vital force, self-withdrawal, concentration, meditation, and absorption with self-consciousness. So eight limbs. Eight limbs of what? Eight limbs of nirvikalpa samadhi. So eight limbs of nirvikalpa samadhi. So, so the last one, eight limb is savikalpa samadhi. Savikalpa samadhi is also a step, a link. Uh, a, a limb to, towards Nirvikalpa Samadhi. The practice of ultimately attaining Nirvikalpa Samadhi has these eight limbs or parts or aspects or practices. What are they? Yama, the moral practices, which, which will be mentioned. All these will be explained in detail. Niyama, also certain moral disciplines. Asana, sitting. Uh, posture for sitting. Pranayama, Control of breath. Pratyahara, withdrawal of the senses from their respective objects. Dharana, focus. Dhyana, meditation. And then samadhi, absorption. What samadhi? Savikalpa samadhi. That savikalpa samadhi by itself will deepen into nirvikalpa samadhi. No further effort can be applied at that point. Now, uh, text number 201. After giving the names of the eight uh, limbs, he is going to describe each one. We will go through them quickly. The more detailed discussion about these will be found in the Patanjali Yoga Sutras, which is not our concern here. So the eight limbs. First, Yama, the moral practices. 
तहिंसा सत्य अस्तेय ब्रह्मचर्य अपरिग्रह यमाह जनरल डिसिप्लिन और यम कंसिस्ट ऑफ नॉन इंजरी अहिंसा नॉन वायलेंस ट्रुथफुलनेस सत्य अस्तेय नॉन स्टीलिंग ब्रह्मचर्य कॉन्टिनेंस ऑफ सेलिबसी एंड अपरिग्रह नॉन एक्सेप्टेंस ऑफ गिफ्ट्स अगेन ऑल दिस डिस्कस्ड इन डिटेल इन द पतंजलि योग सूत्रस दीज कॉरेस्पॉन्ड टू द प्रिलिमिनरी साधन चतुष्टय the fourfold qualification which we have talked about earlier so in meditation also meditation is an advanced practice so purity of mind moral disciplines ethical disciplines are necessary before one goes into meditation otherwise meditation is not possible quietness of the mind is not possible if the mind is impure full of worldliness desires conditioned negativities it will not quieten down in it will meditation will be a difficult exercise then you know we are doing the bhagavad gita 6th chapter which is on meditation notice till now we have not started the instructions on meditation shri krishna is going on giving us instructions about karma yoga about purification of the mind so yama niyama always precedes the uh, actual practices of sitting breathing all of these things there is a joke i have repeated it so many times but it it goes like this about the ashtanga yoga so a man a rich man accomplished he goes to a yoga teacher in india and he wants to learn meditation so he says uh, to the teacher that samadhi sikhaiye please teach me about how to attain samadhi meditation dhyan then the teacher says well first yama and niyama you must tell the truth you must be non violent you must be self controlled and the man is not particularly interested in all these things you know he says yeah yeah i understand all that go aage badhiye go ahead tell me about you know how to sit and how to breathe so these are the first two limbs of ashtanga eight limbs first two limbs are moral practices now what can the poor meditation teacher do he says uh, i'll tell you in hindi and translate he said aap ashtanga yoga sikhenge ya vikalanga yoga sikhenge Are you do, do you want to learn the eight limbed yoga or the handicapped yoga i mean it does not work too well in english the joke uh, two limbs you are cutting off the first two limbs of yoga you know the moral and ethical practices so you are getting a handicapped yoga vikalanga uh, yoga uh, today we will say physically challenged yoga <laughs> do you want to do that or do you want to learn uh, another comment uh, he says uh, you know the student said all right tell the truth be honest all those things i understand we all learned that in school you know move ahead tell me how to sit what is the posture for sitting so the meditation teacher tells that student uh, and again in hindi i'll translate he says in hindi that aap black money par aasan bichhayenge seth ji man baithega you've got undeclared income you're not honest uh, you're hiding your income from the irs and you're going to put your meditation mat on on you know like on your stash of cash and sit on top of that will your mind settle down in meditation will it become calm never so honesty self control non violence all of these are fundamental i'm just thinking in the bible you get these two very cryptic statements blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see god one second one be still and know that i am god 
Now these two summarize the two stages of meditation. The first stage is the purification. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see God. Very clear, God realization, what we're talking about here, experience of God, um, enlightenment, it is conditional on purification, chitta shuddhi. Then comes, um, be still and know that I am God. That be still is the entire technology of yoga, Patanjali yoga. How to be still? Physically still, um, physiologically still, sensory level stillness, then mental level stillness, then intellectual level stillness. So let's be still and then only you know that I am God. And notice the, there's a sequence. Blessed are the pure in heart for they shall see, see God. It's a promise and also shall is in the sense of temporal. Next, next they will see. So first purification, then you will go for, you will see God, you'll have experience of God. But be still and know that I am God. There's directness. From stillness comes the uh, realization of God. So from meditation, next step is that realization. Anyway, just a thought that occurred to me. So these are the components and each one is discussed in detail in the Yoga Sutras and the various commentaries to the Yoga Sutras. What constitutes um, non-violence? What constitutes telling the truth? There are subtle matters. Um, and then 202 next. Niyama. So these are specific disciplines. Shaucha Santosha Tapa Swadhyaya Ishvara Pranidhanani Niyamaha. So Niyama particular discipline consists of cleanliness, contentment, austerity, study of the scriptures and meditation on God. So he's bodily lifting these from the sutras, yoga sutras. He's just quoting from there. So Shaucha is purity, internal and external. Santosha is contentment. Contentment regarding the matters of the world. You see, there is a kind of religion, not a kind of religion. Most people who are religious or who come to religion, they come through the world. So we want God's help. I've seen such people. Many very good people, moral people, ethical people, and they lead what might be called clean lives. They're disciplined about it. They are, they are the very backbone of any society. But the focus is more or less exclusively on life itself in the world. I want God's help, the help of blessings of holy people, of God, so that my children are fine, my job is fine, my health is good. Um, and I have seen this so many times. And these are people, they come to me with these problems and these are good people. But there is one little problem there. I mean, of course, you should not tell such people to these problems. What is the problem? The problem is all of this that you are doing for that son or the daughter, whoever it is you're doing for, let them be fine. Let them be. They are part of this world. They are continuously changing human beings. They are evolving and growing in their own way. They were not there in your life earlier. They will not be in there in your life henceforth. They will grow up and go away. Now, if you have invested everything in that child, in that money, in that, uh, or in our own physical bodies, all of this are continuously flowing and changing. You're bound to be different. There's no God in this universe or beyond it who can preserve 
money, child, health, body, um, society, exactly in the way you want it to be. It can't be done. It's not the nature of this universe. It will change. So one is forced to move from this worldly kind of religiosity to spirituality. And when you do that, one of the practices when you make this transition is santosha, contentment regarding the world. So this santosha is contentment, contentment regarding the world. This distinguishes you as a spiritual practitioner from the religious worldly person. Worldly person, but religious. That person is not content about the world. That person is all about the world, about life itself. And one might say, what is wrong with that? I said, what is wrong is ultimately, philosophically speaking, it will not work out. You will be bound. The universe itself will push you out of this into the higher spirituality. So, and, and what marks the difference between the worldly person who's religious and the spiritual person? The spiritual person is content about the worldly dealings. Whatever happens there by the law, will of the Lord, I'm fine with it. I pray to the Lord. There's nothing wrong in praying that things go well. I pray that the children are fine. I pray that the uh, finances are okay. My health is all right. All that I pray. If there's too much disturbance on these fronts, then it, your spiritual life also will be shaken. I pray things are good on the home front, but it is not my prime concern. My prime concern is God-realization or enlightenment. My prime concern is you, my Lord. Whatever you want in the world, please do that way. And I, I pray for your blessings that things go well. So that is Santosha. Contentment regarding the world, but not contentment regarding God-realization. We generally have this opposite thing. We are discontented regarding the world. We want so many changes. God's help in making changes about job and health and the behavior of uh, you know, our near and dear ones and all of that. About God-realization, we are very contented. Yes, it will happen in this life or the next life. We have been promised everyone will get enlightenment finally. It's all there. There's no problem. And I am Brahman all the time. Vedanta is even easier. I am Brahman anyway. The books have told me and Swami has told me that regardless whether you know it or you do not know it, whatever it is, you are Brahman. So it's just a matter of knowing it. That will come sometime. Uh, we are contented about it. One should be discontented about one's spiritual life and contented about whatever is happening in the world. Then you are a spiritual seeker. Tapaha, austerity. What's the difference between suffering and austerity? Suffering is what the world throws at you. Um, you know, especially physical suffering, illness, um, uh, the, the problems with come, which come with aging and so on. These are the world, world is throwing that continuously at us. But tapaha, austerity, practice of tapasya, it's literally, it means to generate heat, consciously to deny oneself. It could be a little bit of conscious fasting. It could be giving up things which you are, you've gotten used to, pleasures of the senses which you've gotten used to. You deny yourself, deprive yourself consciously. Maybe some item you don't, you, this, this thing you don't indulge in, or for a period of time you do not do this. Something where the mind and the senses will protest because that's not the easy way or the way they have been accustomed to living the life. They, you put a stop there. Now you should be that as a witness. As a witness, I'm not at all affected. Oh mind, if you do not get, oh tongue, if you do not get your favorite cookie, I'm the witness of your satisfaction. I'm the witness of your complaining. I'm the witness of your resignation. You know, the, the guy is going to fast anyway. What can I do? So the, all the reactions which come from the tongue, 
Uh, I'm the witness of that. I'm unaffected by it. If we do it consciously, it's a spiritual practice and generates power. It generates power, which is useful in spiritual life. Swadhyaya literally means self-study, but the technical meaning was Vedic chanting, actually. So the original meaning of Swadhyaya was regular Vedic chanting, but you can take it as self-study also, a study of um, texts in a more general sense. Ishwara Pranidharani, worship of God. Very interesting. The Yoga Sutras do not give much importance to Ishwara or God, but here it's clearly said one of the central practices preliminary to meditation is worship of God, Ishwara Pranidhana. Ishwara Pranidhana. So these are Niyama. Five Yama, five Niyama. Now the physical part of it, sitting and breathing. You say, but I know how to sit and I know how to breathe. I've been doing it for ages. There's a lot to learn about sitting and breathing. You'll be surprised. Number 203. samsthana vishesha lakshanani padma swastikadi niyasanani What is asana? Posture. Asana means the placing of the hands and feet, etc. in particular positions such as padmasana, lotus pose, swastikasana and so on. So these are the various asanas. Any yoga teacher can teach you these. It does not mean all the asanas. These are the asanas which are um, which are useful, comfortable for prolonged sitting quietly still in meditation. Where you can sit still with the uh, body erect uh, and relaxed without any aches and pains for a long period of time, you can hold the body still. That is asana suitable for meditation. And there are different poses. Uh, Siddhasana, Sukhasana, Padmasana, Ardha Padmasana, so many. And in Swastikasana, all, is there. all of these are there. Two hundred four. Then next, after the body, stillness of the body is very important. I've seen the advanced meditators, senior monks who are good meditators. Um, one thing is remarkable. We are seeing only from the outside the stillness. I have seen it is so still, the whole environment around them be, uh, becomes still. They radiate stillness. It's not just like a physically you're sitting quietly, trying not to move. They have centered deep inside, they have become centered in something which is forever still. And that radiates out through the mind, through the senses, through the body. Just the posture of the body says something. Be still and know that I am God is literally true. Stillness starts from the physical level, sensory level, mental level, verbal level, mental level, intellectual level. And that which we are seeking is still. One of the, in fact, one of the closest names you can give to that is the still. That Rumi's poem I read recently, very beautiful. It says, They die, I still am. He died, I still am. She died, I still am. I died, I still am. I am 
still. <laughs> yeah. Now the next is pranayama. The yogis discovered that uh, between the mind and the physical body, physical body and the mind is the physiological body. And the part which we can easily discern and also control is uh, the breath, which goes on automatically if you don't do anything about it, and yet you can take charge of it anytime you want. So if you can control the breath, rhythmic and slow breathing, it has an effect on the mind. Excitable mind, you can see fast and irregular breathing. Fast and irregular breathing will make the mind excitable. So they found a variety of techniques, the ways of breathing, which will calm down the mind. Pranayama, control of the prana. Um, prana literally means the cosmic energy pervading the universe. In the body, it's the life energy. And one manifestation of that is breathing, the physical movement of the lungs, which is you see as exhaling and inhaling of the air and retention of the air. You start there, you control it. Pranayama is not just this uh, particular type of uh, control of the breath for calming the mind. Variety of pranayama have been discovered and experimented by the Hatha yogis, uh, which have impact upon health, for improving health, curing diseases. But here it is only for meditation. 204. Control of the vital force, pranayama, refers to exhalation, inhalation, and retention of breath, which are means to the control of the vital force. Rechaka, um, uh, exhaling, puraka, inhaling, kumbhaka, holding it there. And there are different counts, there are different methods. It's a big, big science. Um, the simplest one which we do in puja, and I've mentioned it earlier also, and it, which can be done before meditation, but I'm not teaching this to you. Pranayama is good to learn from a teacher, um, not just from a book or a casual instruction. So where you breathe in for uh, four counts, so four times om, 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 if you count on this hand, om, 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 om. You breathe in four counts, then hold it. 16 counts. Don't count loudly, just mentally. 16 ohms. And then release it on the other side by 8 counts. 8 ohms. Short ohms. That um, uh, empties the lungs. Then you breathe in. Don't hold it out. Just breathe in. Uh, 4 counts. Hold it for 16 counts and release it for 8 counts. So this ratio, 4, 16, 8. This is the minimum pranayama. It increases in the same ratio. If you want to do more advanced pranayama, you can breathe in for eight counts, but then you'll have to hold it for 32 counts and then release for 16 counts. Like that, it goes up. And don't try it by yourself. I've actually seen uh, bad effects, uh, harmful effects on mental health and physical health also, if it's not done properly. Simple deep breathing for some time before meditation, that will has no problem at all. And that also helps. Then two hundred and five. Now internal practice. Pratyahara dharana dhyana samadhi. So sense organs. Now the breath has been stabilized, sense organs. Sense organs have to be withdrawn. Two hundred five. 
ಇಂದ್ರಿಯಾಂ ಸ್ವಸ್ವಿಷೇಭ್ಯ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಾಹರಣಂ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಾಹಾರ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ವಿಡ್ರಾಲ್ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಾಹಾರ ಇಸ್ ದ ವಿಡ್ರಾಲ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ಗನ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ದ ರೆಸ್ಪೆಕ್ಟಿವ್ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಸೊ ವಾಟ್ ಇಸ್ ಇಟ್ ಆಕ್ಚುಲಿ ಮೀನ್ ಟು ವಿಡ್ರಾ ದ ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ಗನ್ಸ್ ಐ ಮೀನ್ ಯು ಕ್ಯಾನ್ ಆಲ್ವೇಸ್ ಕ್ಲೋಸ್ ದಿ ಐಸ್ ಆರ್ ಕೀಪ್ ದ ಐಸ್ ಲೋವರ್ಡ್ ಐಲಿಡ್ಸ್ ಲೋವರ್ಡ್ ಸೊ ದಟ್ ಐಸ್ ಡೂ ನಾಟ್ ಲುಕ್ ಅಟ್ ಡಿಫ್ರೆಂಟ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ದಟ್ಸ್ ಮೋಸ್ಟ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ಬಿಕಾಸ್ ಅ ಲಾಟ್ ಆಫ್ ಅವರ್ ಕಾಗ್ನೇಟಿವ್ ಕೆಪಾಸಿಟಿ ಇಸ್ ಟೈಡ್ ಟು ಅವರ್ ವಿಜುವಲ್ ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಸೊ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆಂಟ್ ನಾಟ್ ಟು ಲುಕ್ ಅರೌಂಡ್ ವೆನ್ ಯು ಮೆಡಿಟೇಟ್ ಕ್ಲೋಸಿಂಗ್ ದ ಐಸ್ ಐಲಿಡ್ಸ್ ಇಸ್ ಗುಡ್ ಆರ್ ಕೀಪಿಂಗ್ ದಮ್ ಹಾಫ್ ಓಪನ್ ಅಂಡ್ ದ ಐಸ್ ಫೋಕಸ್ ಡೌನ್ವರ್ಡ್ಸ್ ಡಿಫ್ರೆಂಟ್ ವೇಸ್ ಫೋಕಸ್ ಆನ್ ದ ಟಿಪ್ ಆಫ್ ಯುವರ್ ನೋಸ್ ಆ್ಯಂಡ್ ಥಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ಲೈಕ್ ದಟ್ ಬಟ್ ದೆನ್ ವಾಟ್ ಅಬೌಟ್ ದಿ ಅದರ್ ಸೆನ್ಸಸ್ ಯು ಕಾಂಟ್ ಸ್ಟಾಪ್ ಫೀಲಿಂಗ್ ವಿತ್ ಯುವರ್ ಸ್ಕಿನ್ ಯು ಕಾಂಟ್ ಸ್ಟಾಪ್ ಹಿಯರಿಂಗ್ ಸೌಂಡ್ಸ್ ಅನ್ಲೆಸ್ ಯು ಪ್ಲಗ್ ಯುವರ್ ಇಯರ್ಸ್ ಯು ಕಾಂಟ್ ಸ್ಟಾಪ್ ಸ್ಮೆಲ್ಸ್ ಯು ನೋ ದೇರ್ ಮೈಟ್ ಬಿ ಫ್ರೇಗ್ರೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಇನ್ಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಇನ್ ದ ಮೆಡಿಟೇಷನ್ ಚೇಂಬರ್ ಅನ್ಲೆಸ್ ಯು ಪ್ಲಗ್ ಯುವರ್ ನೋಸ್ ಬಟ್ ದೆನ್ ಯು ಕಾಂಟ್ ಬ್ರೀದ್ ಇಫ್ ಯು ಡೂ ದಟ್ ಸೊ ಆಲ್ ದಿ ಅದರ್ ಸೆನ್ಸಸ್ ಆರ್ ಕಂಟಿನ್ಯೂಸ್ಲಿ ಓಪನ್ ಹೌ ಡು ಯು ಸ್ಟಾಪ್ ಇಟ್ ಸೊ ವಾಟ್ ಡು ಐ ವಾಟ್ ಐ ಅಂಡರ್ಸ್ಟ್ಯಾಂಡ್ ಬೈ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಾಹಾರ ದಿ ಎಸೆನ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ಪ್ರತ್ಯಾಹಾರ ಇಸ್ ನಾಟ್ ಟು ಎಂಗೇಜ್ ವಿತ್ ದ ಆಬ್ಜೆಕ್ಟ್ಸ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಸೆನ್ಸಸ್ not to engage means sounds will come but don't pay attention to the sounds ears will keep bringing sounds so don't pay attention to the sounds don't pay attention to the various uh, itches and pains and aches or little sensations in the body inside outside like that don't engage with it don't follow up um, follow behind the senses then the senses themselves will quieten down that's why a good environment is necessary um we try to control the environment for meditation a holy sacred place which is used only for meditation and uh, quiet clean uh, with sacred icons images pictures maybe a little bit of sacred music playing before the meditation i remember one way i became interested in bhajans and um chants was my father would meditate for a long time as a little kid so my duty was you know they had those long playing records lp records so my duty was to you have to change them you know more sophisticated ones would change the sides themselves but otherwise you have to physically change the sides side a and side b side 1 and side 2 so i had to sit through 40 or 45 minutes of one side of uh, bhajans and chanting and then change the side and then 45 minutes more of that that was as good as a meditation for a little kid for 90 minutes to sit and listen to bhajans then i had to pack it all up nicely and uh, you know switch off the record player uh, which is good for me and the effect is that i remember later on when my father was not even uh, at home and not even meditating i would play it myself and sit quietly and listen to the bhajan so you see that is an effect on a child's mind then next is focus with the calmed mind senses withdrawn still focus 206 advitiya vastuni antarindriya dharanam dharana concentration of dharana means the fixing of the mind on brahman the one without a second yeah focus instead of so what is this fixing of the mind what is the mind it's pretty simple it's a series of movements each movement of vritti has a content thoughts are about something the technical name for this is intentionality your thinking is about something i'm thinking about this glasses i'm thinking about the on the computer you are there i'm thinking about dharana so i have got three thoughts glasses computer dharana the focus 
Now, these three thoughts had three different contents. These contents are called vishaya. So, first it was about the glasses. Next moment it was about the computer. Next moment it was about the subject matter, dharana or focus. Focus or dharana means each succeeding thought. Thoughts will keep coming fast as usual. But each succeeding thought will have the same object, not different objects. So I'm thinking of, uh, suppose, Om Namah Shivaya. So the first thought is Om Namah Shivaya. The next thought should be Om Namah Shivaya. Third thought should be Om Namah Shivaya. If it goes away somewhere else, we bring it back, Om Namah Shivaya. So bringing it back to the same Vishaya, each succeeding thought, it comes and goes, each one has the same object. You see what I'm saying? It's, it's a pretty simple thing. It's basically concentration. That's what we do in any kind of concentration. If you are reading a book, if you are researching something, if you are, um, um, you know, focusing on a, a game of, um, you know, baseball or something like that, you're focusing. You're bringing your mind and keeping it on one object. So that is dharana. Here, the object, of course, is non-dual Brahman. So where do you get this non-dual Brahman to focus on? That is, has been provided by Shravana and Manana. That's already, you have understood, you have a clarity about. It's inward, the witness consciousness, which you have arrived at through Drigdrishya Viveka or Panchakosha Viveka or Avasthatraya, stay with it. That is Dharana. Then, that Dharana will deepen into Dhyana. 207. Tatra advitiya vastuni vichidya vichidya antar indriya vritti pravaho dhyanam. There, in the non-dual, non the meditation of dhyana is the intermittent resting of the mental state on Brahman, the one without a second. It means you will be continuously thinking about Brahman. Once in a while, it may go away somewhere else, you bring it back. So there are four stages to this meditation. And this is a cycle which goes on in four, four stages. First stage will be you focus on whatever you're focusing on. Om Namah Shivaya, a visualization of Shiva or something, or the knowledge, I am Brahman. Then the mind will be distracted. Something will come along from outside or inside. Third stage uh, will be the mind will follow that distraction. Um, actually, second stage and third stage are the same thing. Mind will follow the distraction. They'll be distracted and mind will go behind the distraction. That's the se second stage. Third stage will be the recognition that my mind has strayed away. And the fourth stage will be a deliberate conscious bringing the mind back to the object of meditation. So the longer, don't stray away on purpose. The longer you stay with the object of meditation, that is dhyana, once in a while, very naturally the mind will be disturbed and it will follow something else. A few other thoughts will come. The moment you recognize, you bring it back again. So these are the four stages. Not that it has to go through the four stages. The first one itself is what, what it has to stay with. The focus on the non-dual Brahman, that I am Brahman. Or whatever you are meditating upon. As you keep on doing that, this will become uh, steady. Like a non-flickering uh, flame of a lamp. That is 208, that is called Samadhi. What Samadhi? Savikalpa Samadhi. 208. Samadhi stuktaha Savikalpa Kaeva. Absorption of Samadhi is what has already been described as attended with self-consciousness. Self-consciousness means I realize that I am Brahman. Aham Brahmasmi. It is um, 
it is given the example of the clay and the clay elephant. Uh, you see the elephant, but you know it's clay. So the structure is present. I am the meditator. I'm meditating on my real nature. My real nature is Brahman. I am Brahman. The knowledge itself is Brahman. But the I meditator, um, the knowledge of uh, I am Brahman and Brahman, all three are still appearing as a structure of the knowledge. This is Sabhikalpa Samadhi. Then in this practice, there will be a number of obstacles, which we will quickly go through. What are the obstacles? When you try to do this, you'll come across obstacles. And these obstacles are there in every kind of samadhi, every kind of meditation practice. 209. Evam asyangino nirvikalpakasya laya vikshepa kashaya rasaswada lakshana chattvaro vignaha sambhavanti. The nirvikalpa samadhi of which these are the steps as four obstacles. That is namely torpidity, distraction, attachment, and enjoyment. So either you fall asleep, or you are restless, or you get uh, attached um, to certain things, you know, past thought patterns, basically. They keep, you are helpless, they keep coming up. Or rasaswada is enjoyment. That's a very high level of enjoyment. A kind of peace and joy comes in deep meditation, but that is not enlightenment. One should not get stuck there. First one is a common problem. Feel sleepy while trying to meditate. 210. Torpidity or laya is the lapse of the mental state into sleep because of the failure to rest on the absolute. So without resting on aham brahmasmi, you fall asleep or you doze off. And that happens in any kind of meditation. Sleep is the occupational hazard of the meditator. <laughs> I remember this monk told me once. So early in the morning in our main monastery, all these hundreds of monks, seniors, and uh, the novices, we all sit and meditate from 4 a.m. in the morning. And uh, one monk told me, one day I felt my meditation was really going well. I mean, I felt very peaceful and all. Suddenly I felt somebody hit me from behind, you know, with the Uttari. Uttari is this cloth. So somebody like, you know, sort of swiped me from behind in the dark meditation hall. So I looked up behind and the monk was sitting behind, whispered um, sharply, sleep if you must, but why are you snoring? So he, he had actually not, not only not, but he was even meditating, he had fallen asleep and he was also snoring softly, I hope. Then next one is just the opposite, restlessness. I don't like sitting still quietly. It, it comes. Akhandavastu anavalambanena chitta vritter anyavalambanam vikshepaha. Distraction or vikshepa is the resting of the mental state on things other than the absolute because of the failure to rest on it still cannot stay with Aham Brahmasmi, then it looks for something else. Some other thought. Either deliberately daydreaming or thinking of, what will I do after meditation? <laughs> um, I've got these things to finish. It comes. The, 
we had this meditation hall and one of the distractions was it's a dark hall and all the novices meditating and it was the senior monks were strict you are not going to come out of that after until you complete at least one hour of meditation it's a dim hall but one thing was there was a big clock on the wall so take a sneak peek how much more is there for one hour to be completed that's distraction how long meditation is a joyous thing is is one of the great privileges and in a very peaceful fulfilling meaningful experience if it is done properly so there is no question of waiting for it to be over as if it's some kind of uh, imposition Two hundred and twelve, attachment, laya vikshepa bhave api chitta vritte raga diyavasanaya stabdhi bhava akhanda vastu anavalambanam kashaya. Attachment or kashaya is the failure of the mental state to rest rest on the absolute, owing to the numbness brought about by impressions due to attachment, even when there is no torpidity or distraction. See, this is a subtle thing which happens any. long period of if meditation if you have practiced you will come across this different levels so there are different impressions in the mind desires at the deep level of the mind which have not been fulfilled now when you sit down in calmness uh, either they will come up if they come up then that is distraction you're thinking about daydreaming about nice things which you want or something if they come up and you shut them down no i will not think about it and yet you are unable to dwell on i am brahman or the ishta devata whatever you are meditating upon you are unable to dwell on the object of your meditation and yet you are not thinking about anything else also that um, numbness it's a kind of stunned state a blankness you are awake you are not even asleep you are not even distracted yet it's not a good state it is because of the suppression of of um, and usually suppression of desires the desires are like oh you will not think about me all right i will not let you think about anything else also so it's an unhappy state a kind of tamasic state um, so that is called kashaya many negative thoughts you know guilt um, then depressive thoughts uh, unresolved issues of anger or unhappiness for something in the past that can come up if it comes up it is distraction we don't allow it to come up it will cause this kashaya it will stop you in your tracks it takes time and grace and purification of mind to get over these things so kashaya sometimes uh, there are problems uh, you cannot seem to you do not seem to produce a, a progress by your own efforts but uh, it opens up after some time by the grace of god you have to stick to it then rasaswada this is an advanced uh, it's a problem but at a more advanced stage akhanda vastu anavalambane naapi chitta vritte savikalpaka anandavaswadanam rasaswadah samadhyarambha samaye savikalpaka ananda aswadanam va enjoyment rasaswada is the tasting by the mental state of the bliss of savikalpaka samadhi owing to the failure to rest on the absolute or it may mean continuing to taste the bliss of savikalpa samadhi while taking up the nirvikalpa samadhi um a whole range of peaceful and blissful experiences which are not enlightenment 
they're these are very good exp experiences unlike the earlier one the kashaya these are very nice experiences but they are not enlightenment and they can stop you from progressing further so these are called tasting of the bliss rasa swada aswada tasting rasa the bliss what bliss the bliss of deep meditation now this can be a kind of bliss which comes from peacefulness which comes from a pure mind uh, which meditates well so i remember this swami uh, whom we all thought as young swamis in belur math that he is a very good meditator he would meditate long hours and he looked and he looked so peaceful in other other times also even now he does is very bright and peaceful and quiet but a senior swami told me that no that's not the goal uh, his very his problem is that he has already found peace see his problem is that he has already found peace that already found peace is the peace of a quiet mind you lead a good life you have a pure mind your mind settles down in meditation and then quietens into a peaceful joyful state but you're not meditating on uh, the object of meditation anymore you stop there so that will prevent further progress it's not enlightenment it's a good state it's a very sattvic state sattva guna has its own joy in fact the gita as sri krishna says how does sattva guna also bind you sukha sangena badnati gyana sangena chanagha sattva guna binds you by joy that joy is not excitement not thrill it's a pure joy and it binds you by knowledge this desire i want to know more things these we consider these to be very good things what's wrong in it but that will bind you to samsara that's the sattvic bondage so it it can start with this kind of rasaswada but it can go up to a very high and advanced level of rasaswada so one is reminded of sri ramakrishna when he is tosapuri is trying to uh, urge him on to nirvikalpa samadhi sri ramakrishna gets the savikalpaka vision of the divine mother and he says i can't go any further see it's so difficult for us to attain even nirvikalpa samadhi in our entire lifetime for him it was natural the moment he would try to meditate very soon he would get the vision of the divine mother but he says i cannot go any further and we know the story of how sri uh, totapuri taught him to use the sword of discrimination when the divine mother comes cut the form the divine mother with the sword of discrimination and the mind merges in nirvikalpa samadhi only brahman remains so, so that is a very advanced form of rasaswada the tasting of the bliss of savikalpa samadhi that also is given up when you go into nirvikalpa samadhi then number 214 अनेन विघ्नचतुष्टयेन विरहितं चित्तं निर्वातदीपवद अचलम अचलम सद अखण्डचैतन्यमात्रमवतिष्ठते यदा तदा निर्विकल्पकसमाधिरित्युच्यते when the mind free from these four obstacles rests unmoved like the flame of a lamp sheltered from the wind as one with absolute consciousness it is called the nirvikalpasamadhi any quotes from the um the gaurapada karika mandukya karika and also from gita yaduktam laye sambodhayet chittam vikshiptam shamayet punaha sakashayam vijaniyat sampraptam nachalayet naswadayet rasam tatra nisanga pragjaya bhavet iti cha gaurapada karika another quotation from the gita yatha deepo nivatastho nengate sopam asmrita iti cha 
Thus it has been said. First he translates the Gaudapada Karika. When the mind is torpid, rouse it. When it's distracted, bring it back to calmness. When it is, uh, it becomes attached, be aware of it. When it is established in equipoise, do not distract it anymore. Do not linger on the bliss that comes from Savikalpa Samadhi, but be unattached through discrimination. And then in the Gita, a famous quote from the sixth chapter, 19th verse. As a lamp sheltered from the wind does not flicker, so is a yogi's controlled mind. So Nirvikalpa Samadhi is attained. And one must do it again and again to remove the effects of contrary tendencies. That's the purpose of Nidhid Dhyasana. Um, All right, let us look at the comments here. What remains is the result of all of this, Jivan Mukti. Free while living, that will be the result of all of these practices and this knowledge that we will see next time. That's the last chapter. Mm, let's see the comments. What is the difference between Nirvikalpa Samadhi and Advaitic Breakthrough or Realization? The Advaitic Breakthrough or Realization is permanent. You realize what you are. Nirvikalpa Samadhi is a practice. You plunge your mind into it repeatedly so that the mind loses its past conditioning. And it becomes easier to express or to live the realization which you have got. How similar, Girish says, how similar different is mindfulness meditation, watching your thoughts as objects from the practice of Nididhyasana. Nididhyasana is a knowledge practice. Mindfulness by itself is what you might call a mind control or a, or a, a yogic practice. Nididhyasana is basically, you see, the fundamental difference would be, do you want to practice mindfulness? With just a small set of instructions, you can start right away. But Nididhyasana, you cannot start right away. Nididhyasana, you have to dwell on an understanding gained through a long exposure to Vedanta. You begin to understand what Vedanta is telling you, then stay with that understanding. Without that understanding, no Nididhyasana is possible. You can't get a set of five, five steps and then sit down and practice them. And I'm doing Nididhyasana. You cannot. But mindfulness, one can do that. One can start practicing mindfulness right away. It's pretty simple. Shravani says, is the difference in Nirvikalpa Samadhi in Yoga and Vedanta only in the respective description terminology? Are they intrinsically different? Very difficult to say this because the difference is in the philosophy. Um, the Asampragnata Samadhi of um, Yoga, it gives rise to the knowledge of the difference of Prakriti and Purusha. You call it Viveka Khyati. Clarity, you see, I am not the body-mind, I am not nature, I am pure consciousness. That is the result of Asampragnata Samadhi in yoga. In uh, Advaita Vedanta, it's not like that at all. You already know that I am Brahman. and that It's not that this Prakriti is separate from me. Prakriti is an appearance in me. Not that there are other Purushas, other consciousnesses separate from me. There's only one consciousness. And in that consciousness, the entirety of the universe appears, plays around and disappears. This is known and understood clearly. You're staying with that in order to overcome past conditionings of the mind. That is the purpose of Nididhyasana. So purpose is different. The nature is different. But the practices can be very similar, as we just saw. The actual practices, what you do, is, is very similar. Srinivas says, Sahaja Samadhi is the ultimate culmination of Advaita Vedanta. 
Jivan Mukti is the ultimate culmination of Advaita Vedanta and you can call it Sahaja Samadhi, yes. Rick says, if Sahaja Samadhi is maintained in all states, including sleep, then pure awareness would abide during sleep without one being aware of anything. Correct. Srinivas says, what is the difference between tapasya and titiksha, spiritual fortitude? Titiksha is when you uh, put up with the problems. It's pretty close actually, but when you deliberately put up with the problems the world throws at you, uh, that is titiksha. But tapasya are particular practices you take up. So I will not eat food in um, on Shivaratri night. I will fast throughout Shivaratri. And that's a tapasya. Um, it's not, I'm forbearing. There's no food at all. Nobody's giving me food. All right, I won't complain. That's the, <laughs> That would be titiksha. But if I say, I am deliberately not going to eat today until tomorrow morning, that is tapasya. But both are very powerful practices. And uh, titiksha is a must. If the mind is thrown off balance by every little thing that happens in the world or in the body or in our own minds also, then uh, Vedanta is very difficult. Alpana says, is there no hope for samadhi or realization if the body can't be still and has aches and pains while sitting? No, no, why should it be? If it is, uh, if the sitting meditation is difficult, and it can be difficult for many people, since we have not started and practiced it seriously for, you know, from, from our youth, it can be quite difficult. That's why both are uh, prescribed in Vedanta. Vedanta with meditation with eyes open, meditation with eyes closed. What is meditation with eyes open? Brahma Bhyasa. The practice of Brahman. What is this um, Brahma Bhyasa? Tat chintanam tat kathanam parasparam tat prabodhanam etad eka paratvamcha brahma bhyasam vidur budhaha Thinking about Brahman. Speaking of Brahman. Discussing it with each other. In, this, in these ways, having this one-pointedness, dwelling on Brahman in various ways, this is called the practice of Brahman. This is with eyes open. This is as good as the deep, the, the yogic meditation with eyes closed. If the other one is difficult, this one also can continue. But do practice, do a little bit of that sitting quietly is important. Uh, Bindu says, what is the stillness at the intellectual level? The stillness at the intellectual level, good question. Stillness at the intellectual level is the conviction. Am I the body or the mind or am I Brahman? Then the stillness has not come in intellectual level. Clarity, conviction. I am Brahman. I am the witness consciousness. I am Sakshi. This is stillness. You know. Just as right now, there is stillness in the state of ignorance. What stillness is the intellectual level? I am Sarvapriyananda. This is not um, subject to any kind of flickering or doubt. I am quite clear that I am Sarvapriyananda, though it is a false thing. But it will, uh, exactly like that, the truth is that I am the witness consciousness. Be settled in that, that is intellectual stillness. Clarity, conviction. Settled conviction. Patrick says, where does Sri Ramakrishna's Bhava Mukha fit in the Samadhi spectrum? Would Thakur be considered to be in Sahaja Samadhi? Definitely, but it's something higher than this. Because Thakur is an avatar. His state is extraordinary. Bhavamukha is not something that's being prescribed for the rest of us. It's something that he reported. The Divine Mother told him to stay in Bhavamukha. 
Sahaja Samadhi is that something that is available to everybody, ultimately. Srinivas says, if Pratyahara and Uparati the same. Pratyahara is a specific practice. It's same in principle, but Pratyahara is a specific practice. When you're sitting down for meditation, then don't follow after the activities of the senses. Don't pay attention to what sounds are coming. Don't pay too much attention to what is happening, you know, sensation in your tummy. Don't follow the activities of the senses. Uparati is a general principle of life, of withdrawal from too much sense enjoyment, too much engagement with the world. It goes on in, when you are not sitting for meditation also. You are withdrawn. You, know, you have a, this motto of simple living and high thinking. That's Uparati. If uh, working hard, the Manhattan uh, motto of Monday to Friday, work very hard and Saturday and uh, Sunday party hard, then that's not Uparati. You are either engaged in work or in play. But the withdrawal from that as a matter of discipline, as a matter of your life's philosophy, that um, um, don't be too much engaged with the world outside. That is Uparati. Prabir Babu says, some days I find the mind is very disturbed and it's hard to concentrate. In that case, should I get up and try some other time? Should I keep on trying? One may mechanically also one should do. At the time when uh, you're fixed for meditation and the minimum amount you're fixed for meditation, supposing the mind is not settling, settling down at all, at least to the minimum amount you've decided that you will do, if it is 108 repetition of the mantra or a thousand in, uh, uh, 1080 repetition of the mantra, do that much. If it's not settling down at all, then you can get up and maybe read something um, or listen to devotional music or read a, a scripture. Even if it's not very useful, the minimum practice we do, we should do it. It's a good way of, of disciplining the mind. Otherwise, the mind takes off, um, takes charge. You know, it says, only when I'm in the mood, we will meditate. When I'm, when I'm not in the mood, we will not meditate. No, don't give in to the mind like that. Uh, Rekha Kalekar says, it's the tremendous happiness and enjoyment that one gets in seeing the Ishta also Rasaswada. Actually not. Uh, the, the joy that one gets in seeing the Ishta is a form of Brahmananda. Uh, but at, still at the dualistic level. If you want to go further and attain Nirvikalpa Samadhi, one has to give up that also. But it's not bad at all. That's a very, <laughs> very high thing. Ishta darshan is a very high thing. Shiva Priya says, so when you say blankness of mind and then being happy in that silent blankness, that's kind of meditation, but no way of helping meditate to realize I am Brahman. That's what you meant. I'm not very sure what you're saying here. Um, the blankness of mind that comes in kashaya, that's a bad blankness, where I'm trying to meditate on the object of meditation, whether dualistic or non-dualistic, but because of suppressed desires, nothing is coming up. It's a kind of dull blankness, unhappy kind of blankness. Yeah. I don't feel like meditating, but I'm not thinking of anything else also, it's sitting quietly. That silence is not good. But the other silence which yeah. you're talking about, in a pure mind meditation, you do after some time, mind will become silent, peaceful and joyful. That's good, but that also joy has to be overcome. That's the other kind of Rasaswada, that is an obstacle. And Carolyn says, is it okay to practice Vipassana or will Vipassana hinder my development? Practice one technique. 
you practicing vipassana actually vipassana also can be combined very nicely with ishta mantra repetition uh, some period of vipassana is very good to calm down the mind initially spend 10 minutes 15 minutes in vipassana or if you do only vipassana that also is very good it will not uh, hinder your development vipassana can be effectively combined with vedanta vichara enquiry into vedanta um, because it calms the mind down one very good way of appreciating oneself as the witness of the mind is if you are doing vipassana regularly you are uh, 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 you just have to go one step further that all these thoughts presence of the thoughts in me the witness consciousness absence of the thoughts i'm still the witness consciousness except that there is no, nothing to be conscious of all right today i went a little fast um so we can completed the yogic techniques for nididhyasana the next we will see jivan mukti om shanti 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 hari om tat sat shri ram krishna rupanamastu i think one more question was there can vipassana merge with japam too don't uh, it's generally not a good idea to conflate uh, or collapse two techniques together like this if you have been initiated into mantra japa by a guru then don't introduce another technique into it exactly as the guru has said i use the term fire wallet in a computer term you cut it off from the rest of the environment as the guru has told you practice that much other techniques vipassana to calm your mind and then do a little bit of vedanta vichara and nididhyasana that's fine that you can do separately 